Yeah, it's uh, we know it's cheesy, but we believe in it. Our, our mission is just to make the whole church whole again. All right, Wayne, how's it going, man? It's going well. How about with you? Doing good, man. Doing good. I like doing this obligatory, like we say hi, even though we've clearly said hi before we recorded thing. Yes. Yeah, because I just <laughs> that, that way people know I'm, I'm talking to Wayne Parker. <laughs> God help you. <laughs> yeah, we're on the whole church podcast today. Thanks for ha- thanks for having yourself. Thanks for coming. It's a privilege, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you drove up to Rock Hill to meet me. I we're did. At my local church, Harvest Ministries. Shout out to Harvest Ministries Church, God of Prophecy. Um, so yeah, we're here talking to them about you know church unity and then history of the church. And I know I, I say you're my church history friend. You say sort of, sort of, sort of. Okay. So this should be good. Should be interesting. Um, I think my first memory with you <laughs> is at Camp Agape. Oh yes. And we're waiting on. I, I don't even know what we're waiting on. It was one of those staff meetings. It was. Hot. And I just kind of was like, people are waiting to like for someone important to speak. And I just sat beside some. I didn't know who you were at the time. I was like, sit by this guy. He looks smart. <laughs> and then I just started. Like we just started talking about theology. And I was like, I don't. I think at that point. I don't know if I knew what I was talking about, but you really sounded like you knew what you were talking about. Well, sure. <laughs> sure. We were, we were both younger then. We Who were. knows if we knew what we were talking about. Now, keep in mind, you're, you're speaking as if we're, we're in our 40s. We're not even 30 yet. Yeah, we're, we're so, still young. Yeah, we're we were just, just younger. 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 We were like, now we're just young. That was like the young dumb phase for me, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, I was just coming out of that. Yeah, I, I call like the pre-accident days my young dumb phase. And I think that's that's pretty much accurate for the most part. It's just kind of like a switch. Yeah. I was like, hmm. Well, I, well. you got to remember, I was about 300 pounds heavier then, so I would just say that the fat was clogging up my brain. Ah, that, so. that makes sense. See, I was worried that you were going to tell me your first memory with me was like, because it was camp. I'm like, man, he's going to be like, I saw you rolling around in Gatorade on the gym floor or something just crazy. Mm. No, I just I just know Camp Agape, if you guys have never been, it is hot. And I, it's like, it's in South Carolina, it's like if there's one place... That is lit on fire by hell. It would be Batesburg, South Carolina. It is hotter there, ten degrees hotter than everywhere else in the state. But uh, that, that's why it's easier to find Jesus. Sure. <laughs> no, I mean I do. I think I've had a lot of good experiences at that camp. I also remember it being like, really hot, very hot, and smelling like chicken poop. Yes. <laughs> Just oh, that, that's man. a good place to come. And Although grow. I think it doesn't smell like that. As well. Yeah, like some of those. Like you got to get close to Jesus because that's the best thing to do. <laughs> Yes, yes, the yeah, best thing. Yeah. To do. I think that's that's the plan. Get the kids where <laughs> they get you where they get you desperate first. The, the, yeah. <laughs> like the best thing you can do is just pray and hope that God relieves some of the smell and heat. And then hey, while you're praying, you might as well get saved, right? Might as well. Yeah. I think that's the goal. <laughs> sure. Oh man. <laughs> no, I have had interesting times. I was, was crazy back in my camp days. Um Yeah, so you were with Church of God prophecy then mm-hmm. and now you're at a baptist church oh no i'm church of god you're church of god now yes you, I, I came back home. you just dropped the of prophecy well you gotta remember i <laughs> i brought on the of prophecy because i grew up church of god oh okay and you and just so, yeah came I, back around i adopted the preposition and i dropped the preposition oh okay, so, that's fun that's fun they're both still pentecostal churches they are and yeah, they're both so, holiness churches so. so that's that's good so what's what's the big difference between church of god and church of god of prophecy now a preposition that, that's the biggest difference. <laughs> Literally just a preposition. I mean, all of our... So you're, you're telling me we, we don't prophesy more, you don't think? Well, not necessarily. But then again, you have to remember <laughs> where the prophecy came from. 
I'm intrigued. This is why you're my church history friend. Uh, well, the unprophecy came from the, you know, I may have to go back and check my facts to be 100%, but I'm about 98% sure it actually came from the from the court settlement uh, whenever A.J. Tomlinson withdrew himself from the Church of God. Um, he believed that the church that he was presiding over was the Church of God of biblical prophecy, that it would be this church that would bring in the, the kingdom age and and all of these, so and and so, if if you actually go back and look at the history books, they they wanted to call it the Church of God of A.J. Tomlinson. They wanted to call it the Church of God, uh, and, and then they actually uh, fumbled around with a few other um, add-ons to it. And finally, if if I remember correctly, I believe um, the judge said, "No, it's just the Church of God of Prophecy." Hmm. And so, it, it goes from there. And the interesting thing is, is that in some of the foreign countries, they actually have to go by a different name, if I remember correctly, because I believe in Japanese or Chinese, one of them, uh, Church of God of Prophecy, translates as the Church of God who prophesies. Huh. That's a. Uh, yeah. That's interesting. Interesting. So we do things. prophesy more, but only in like Japan or China or something. Well, define prophecy. <laughs> that's an interesting one. We actually have one article of that on the site. I did like a whole series that was First Corinthians like 12 through 14. Oh, excellent, excellent. That was a fun series. It was good. Excellent. I tell I, you what, Paul, I love, I, love the, I love our Pentecostal tradition. I love the way we do things. But I really think if the Apostle Paul were alive in this day and age, he would probably write another letter. <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. Just, just, just a letter? Maybe, maybe a series. Yeah, maybe like a full-on like Harry Potter Books like series style kind of thing. Who would be Voldemort? Uh, wait, never mind. We're going we, yeah, we. I don't think we can. Grindelwald. <laughs> oh man, yeah, we we can't talk about other churches. No, no, no. That's bad. I'm kidding. Not, not, not I'm necessarily. Say, tell my Church of God brethren, Church of God of Prophecy um, brethren, I apologize in advance. <laughs> I do um, want to make sure everybody knows that this podcast is fact checked mm-hmm. by uh, absolutely no one. Awesome. No one at all. Awesome. So. It's actually one of my things I love. I listen to the Phil Vischer podcast fairly regularly. Yeah. It's one of the most interesting podcasts <laughs> just ever. They, he has him and this guy, Sky Jathani, mm-hmm. who went to Wheaton College and blah, whatever. He's basically the obligatory smart guy. Yes. Yeah. So uh, those two talk about like current events and stuff. And at the end of each one, Phil Vischer does his like, little VeggieTale voice kind of thing. And I was like, and this podcast was fact-checked by absolutely no one. Well, yeah. Huh? Let, let me, good. You know, since, since we're recording, let me go on record and say... I absolutely despise VeggieTales. What? Yes. How? How? VeggieTales is the best thing that's happened mm, to mankind. If I don't eat salad, I'm definitely not going to watch it. So, <laughs> <laughs> See, but that, that's why I like them. If vegetables are my friend, I don't have to eat them anymore. It's like fish are friends, not food, but veggies are friends, not food. And that's yeah. what I want to teach my children. I'm anti-vegan, anti-vegetarian. You know, listen, deforestation <laughs> is a real issue today. I'm certainly not going to eat the forest. We, that's, we, we need to that's wise, yeah. Yes. You know, just uh, stick to what we have in America. Good old cheeseburgers. Grow naturally on trees. Mm, and if you're from the South, you cook everything in lard. Yeah. yeah. Lard and butter. Get a cheeseburger off the tree, cook it in some lard. Yes. yes that uh, yes. grows in the ground, of course. Yes, yeah. yes. I made homemade buttermilk biscuits the other day with tons oh, of man. butter. You didn't bring me none? You honestly think they'd survive the trip? <laughs> <laughs> man, I tried to eat biscuits and gravy earlier today. I'm, I make good gravy. Mm-hmm. But I always use like canned biscuits. I don't know how to make biscuits. Ooh. But I add leftover biscuits that I try to like heat up in the oven. So I have this really good gravy on this like burnt 
leftover biscuit. I'm pretty. Like, oh, I'm pretty man. sure that's the southern equivalent to the Greek adaptation of the word sin. You fell short. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well. Yes. Well, you actually didn't come to talk about food. We didn't. I, I apologize oh, in advance, guys. Oh man. Yeah, I listen. I knew it was going to come to food. Half of my conversations come to food. <laughs> okay. I, re- I really like. Especially gravy. If you check my Facebook, like, every third post is about gravy. You should check out my Instagram. It's nothing but food, hardly. Oh, man. I, do, where, where can we follow Wayne Parker on Instagram? Uh, I'll get to Agabetti on that. i got to remember what my actual handle is. <laughs> I was like, this sounds good. Everyone should see this. Yes, everybody oh, should see this. So uh, what we are about, it's a, the whole church podcast. We're talking about the whole church. We want to see the whole church holy. That's kind of our cheesy little tag that we add to stuff. Yes. Did you find your handle? I did. What is Wait, would you you honestly want to know my handle? Listen, I'm ADHD. I can interrupt any sentence. <laughs> you know, you've got a point there. Uh, my <laughs> handle is Wayne P1990. There we go. Yes. Follow Wayne P1990 on Instagram and see some pics of food, guys. W-A-Y-N-E-P-1990. Nice. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, see the whole church hole again. And one thing I like to just talk to everybody about, oddly enough, I was talking to someone on the phone who was trying to sell me website stuff earlier today. <laughs> And he was telling me about a divide in his church, and I just started wow. telling him about, hey, let's uh, let's focus on Jesus. Well, what about Jesus? And um, I think that's 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 a big thing. Is that even random people trying to sell you websites, like everyone's experienced some form of tension in the church. Yes. So I do like to talk to people and just ask, have you have you seen anything like that personally with you? Like just <laughs> any church divides that you've had? <laughs> Take that as a yes. No. No. Yes. I have. Yes, I have. Oh man, you you have me for a second. <laughs> I was like, man, that was, that was a good act. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I have seen my fair share of tensions in the church. I have been in the middle of some of them unintentionally. Um, yeah, it can get nasty real, real, real quick. Real quick. But, uh, you know, I find it interesting because at, usually at the center of every church dispute and every church tension, it's simply a matter of opinion. Because think about it. I value my opinion very much. <laughs> you know, I like my opinion a lot too. That's yes. interesting. In fact, I like my opinion. Something we have in common. Yes. In fact, I like my <laughs> opinion so much. Um, I, I want you to see things the way that I see them. And if I mean, you don't yeah, see them the, the way, way I see them, you're not my friend anymore. And ergo, you must not be of God. And so all of a sudden we have a church split or a church like divider a, tension. A pride issue. Your opinion's the best mm, opinion. Is that, is that what it is? Uh, yeah, I, I would say pride would be part of it, but I'll be honest with you, if, if we can take it a little bit deeper, I think it stems from a really, really, really major issue in our church world today of narcissism. That's a good word. Narcissism. Yeah, narcissistic. Some... I mean, if you think about it, the majority of our worshipers today and the majority of the believers today, we are narcissistic to the nth degree. Me, mine, I, and if it doesn't cater to me, mine, I, you know, we don't want to be inconvenienced whatsoever. And out of, and if you think about it, one of the um, side effects of narcissism is pride. Oh yeah. Well, and I mean, now you say that, I'm thinking like even most modern worship songs I can think of. I'm like, I feel like I hear me, mine, and I, and what God can do for me way more than what can I do for yes. God. And listen, I'm old school. I, I, I love 2019. I love being up to date on a lot of things, but I'm an old soul still. Yeah. I like hearing your hymnals you record on Facebook sometimes. Uh, yes. Those are fun. And if you think about it, and, and and not even now, for those of you that aren't familiar with the Church of God, Church of God of Prophecy, Pentecostal background, uh, we have this little thing called the church hymnal. It's either re- it's either red, green, or blue. And yeah, but if you actually go beyond, the best ones are blue. Mm, 
The red okay. bag is my favorite. Kind of my favorite. Wait, which which ones have prayer bells of heaven? That's my favorite. Both yeah. of them do actually. The, those are the good ones. The, see They're the difference. The, the difference between the red bag and the blue bag is that the blue bag has the Church of God of Prophecy flag song in it. Oh well, that 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 is better. Mm, I think so. Why wouldn't we want to sing about a flag when we're worshiping? Well. You know, you got to point at least most one good, about yourself. Most good worship songs do have God Bless the USA, right? God Bless the USA. Amen. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but, um, but honestly, if, if you go back to some of the older hymns that actually predate some of the hymns in our the books that we just referenced, you actually find that a lot of them, if they are referencing me, mine, I, it's in the state of depravity we're in. It's in, it's in the need of a Savior, which... Is a mindset you need to have in Absolutely. order to reach salvation. Absolutely. But, and, and if they're not singing about yourself in that way, they're totally singing about Christ. You, you take, all hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall, bring forth the royal diadem, and crown him Lord of all. You just had that locked and loaded. That was great. Well, I love the hymns. Man. In fact, if you think about it, it, it stems back to the day whenever, whenever we had a group of illiterate people who couldn't read. They couldn't read the scripture. They couldn't grasp theology. So what did they do? They put it in hymn form. That's good. Well, I don't know. I just feel like it's it's more inspiring. That no, don't get me wrong. I love. I can only imagine. It's a good song. I don't think it's a good worship song, but it's a good song. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like the movie too. Cheesy have, as it I may have, have been. I've not seen the movie. It was, it was interesting. But that being said, it doesn't spark the same kind of inspiration as I'm gonna go back to my favorite mm-hmm. Grand Bells of Heaven. I mean, you know, you're just talking about heaven and what what you're looking forward to, as opposed to. Hey, what am I doing now? You Can know, you like, quote it? Uh, not off the top of my head. While we are living in a world of sin, many, oh my goodness, prayer rails of heaven, know how sweetly they man. ring. Tell you what, but you're right. It absolutely puts the emphasis on where we should be in yeah. reference to God. We should be the one praying, looking for him to give the answer. What can you quote it? Uh, while we are living in this world of sin, this many great. of darkness we have found within, but there's a prayer bill at the Lord's right hand. Give it a ring, he'll understand. Yeah, I oh, think that's, I think that's it. And then, and then my favorite is when Paul and Silas were both were thrown in jail. They did not worry who would go to their bill, but on the prayer bells they began to ring. Uh, all fell the stalks and they began to sing. Man, what's funny is I don't even think I've heard the song that many times. I just like I heard it once the first time I went to Wilmington, North Carolina, my favorite city. Wilmington. I was at the Church of Prophecy, it was really old school. I heard it, and then I've heard it just a couple times, like up in the mountain at little little churches. <clears throat> and I'm like, man, of all the ones I know. I think that's my favorite hymn. It's a good one. Yeah, it is good. Okay, but we also yes, didn't yes, necessarily yes. come to talk about that. That's that is good. I think I, I, I've said it before. I'll say it a lot. I think worship is one of the places where we find the most unity in the church. Like we all agree, we can worship. You know, we should. Yes. And, um, part of what we both been looking at in Ephesians, you know, and I think it was is that Ephesians four or five? He talked about worshiping together. Is part of what to Paul what it meant to be the church. Uh, Ephesians four, I believe. I should have that here. And four, he's talking about speaking truth to it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's four, and it looks like what I'm talking about is, uh, nope, that's 519. Uh, I'm sorry. Four is my go-to chapter. <laughs> four, four is the best. If, if Four talks about the unity in the body of Christ. Oh, yeah. Which is, yeah, that's great stuff. Really um, good stuff. Yeah, so we, we come talk about some Bible and uh, some church history. Let's, uh, we're, we're already at Ephesians. Let's talk about Ephesians. You, you uh, look like you're ready to share. A, you said you had a key verse today. Uh, let's go with uh, three key verses. Okay. Actually, why don't I just read you the first few? 
Uh, Ephesians 4, and I'm going to be reading from the ESV, so for all you KJ only, I apologize in advance. The ESV, otherwise known as the second best version? Second best version, yes. Because because everybody today speaks 1611 Elizabethan English. No, no, because New American Standard is just better. New American Standard. You know what? It, it has we're, we're, we're not here for that. You know, God, God bless America. <laughs> in, ver- in chapter 4, verses starting with verse 1, it says, Therefore, prisoner of the Lord, talking about Paul there, I urge you to walk in the manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Verse 3 is my verse. Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Uh, if you, Funny thing is, if you have a King James, I believe, I believe it actually refers to um, endeavoring. Endeavoring to keep the Spirit of the unity of peace. Just going to highlight know. that one real quick. Josh, why don't you highlight that? Um... <laughs> If you have your Bibles with you today, but please turn to page. <laughs> no, but that's that is a good one. Now, interesting, you know, and the um, but I love the way the ESV says it says eager to maintain. Now, I, I'm not one to to get down and, and break down a word till it dies the death of a thousand qualifications. You should. But we should. We should. And I do that in my study, not when I'm preaching, though, because you know we only have like a twenty minute. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Attention span. <laughs> but the thing is, is that even in the English, whether you use any translation, endeavoring, keeping, or or eager to, we, we can actually take a truth from that. That, first of all, unity in the fallen state we are in is not something that is going to be natural to us. It's not going to be natural to us. So if you think about it, it's, it should be intentional. We should be aware of the fact that there is unity that needs to be kept. My uh better version the new american <laughs> go ahead <laughs> says being diligent to preserve the unity so being I diligent i like i like the word diligent, diligent. but i think it's the same concept that's i just okay. wanted to share the word diligent because mm-hmm. that's like a good solid three syllables it makes me sound smart yes listen just remember you are entitled to a few things in this life and being wrong is one of them so um <laughs> i just I i'm waiting for the time where i get to be you know yeah just just <laughs> just wait just wait patience is, one day you gotta be patient i think my girlfriend will say that's every day <laughs> every day <laughs> But, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, we have to be eager, diligent, and we have to endeavor to do the exact same thing, which means that essentially if we break it down to what it is, we have to work at it. Drive, uh, how, how far did you drive today? An hour and 45 minutes. So you have to be willing to drive an hour and 45 minutes to talk about church unity with someone that you, I think we've only really seen each other in person a handful of times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I think that's, uh, that's diligent, right? That's a good example. Be. It should be. <laughs> I think you're a good example today. Yes, I was listening to my hymns on the way up here. No, nah, but <laughs> <laughs> and the, but the thing is, is that even after after he complete, excuse me, completes verse three, he goes into verse four. He says, and he he actually shows that there should be um, unity from the top down. He says that there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, through all, and in all. But grace was given to each one of you according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it is says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave men gifts. So if you think about it, we as the body of Christ, we should, we should always, again, I'll use your word, be diligent. Be diligent. <laughs> syllables sound smarter. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> We should be diligent to make sure that unity is something that we're in at all times. I mean, think about it. There's unity amongst the Trinity, amongst the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Yeah, yeah. I was actually thinking of um, yeah. 
book by Frank Viola. I don't mm-hmm. know if you read any of his, but he has um, Reimagining Church. Yes. And he actually, I think the first like two or three chapters, he's talking about what the Trinity is, what unity mm-hmm. is there, and how the church can mimic that. Absolutely. Are you familiar with the term perichoresis? I'm not. That's uh, more than three syllables. That's like actually. five. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot. Try that one on the side. <laughs> perichoresis is actually the reference to a dance in the Greek. Interesting. Um, and it was called the perichoresis. Nobody, nobody was really in charge. Nobody really led the dance. But yet they somehow moved in unity. Hmm. And some of the early Christian writers referred to, to, the, to the unity amongst the Trinity as a perichoretic dance. And if you think about it, that's unity is something... Really beautiful. Isn't it, though? And the cool thing about it is that if you ever witness the perichoresis, um, it, it may start off with two people, three people, but it always grows. Yeah, like a grassroots movement button yes, dance. They invite you into the dance, yeah, one by one. Everybody's moving in unity, moving in tandem, but yet they're, they're on the same beat. So the Trinity is really like a club. Uh, I won't go that far. <laughs> uh, but the fact of the matter is that if you think about it, even even in our modern worship services, there should be a perichoretic thing to it. We're all here. We're all one. We should be moving together. Not to be clear, you're one. not encouraging dancing at church. I'm Pentecostal. Let's dance. Mm. <laughs> oh, come on. You're but dance without you? touching, right? <laughs> yes. About to say, okay, that, leave, that leave enough good. room for the Holy Spirit. Glad that that's good. I guess. See, the thing is, like, I think sometimes I sound like I'm really, like, modest and whatever. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, let's, let's, you know, avoid the touching stuff. But really... I just don't like people touching me. Like it's, it's not even a, not even a Jesus thing. It's just a yeah that that makes me uncomfortable. So, so. it's a me mine I kind of thing for you. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> there we go again. I'm sorry. Oh man, not sorry. that's good. <laughs> not sorry, man. And uh, in fact, if, if even if you jump down to verse eleven. It says, and he gave apostles and prophets, evangelists, the shepherds and the teachers, or pastors, as King James calls it, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building of the body in Christ, even in upper levels of ministry, such as we call the fivefold ministry that was just listed. <laughs> they're even. It even shows that even though they're different, there's still unity there because they're all moving towards one cause. So, and and the thing with unity is that there there's a misconception out there that. That means I have to look like you, I have to act like you, I have to be just like you in order to be in unity with you. That's not it at all. Yeah. So yeah. I think I think the divide here is how can we be different but yet be unified in the same common idea? Yeah. Which, no, no that's good. How, you answer your question. Yes. Can you answer? <laughs> how, how can we do that? Well, if we jump back up to be verse... Diligent. No. <laughs> but I will do diligence to this verse. At least I will attempt. <laughs> if you jump back up to verse 6, it says, One God, one Father, who is over all, through all, and in all. Verse 7. But by grace... Excuse me one second. I have... Okay, yeah, here we go. By grace, to he's given to each of us according to the measure of Christ. Okay, sorry. Wrong verse. I will not do diligence <laughs> on that one. But um, <laughs> you know what? Just, just stay right there. I'm coming for you. But he talks about how, you know, there's one Lord and one baptism. At some point or another, we have to ask ourselves, what hill are we willing to die on to be different? Yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean, I've heard of churches straight up breaking up because I didn't like the new carpet they put it. You know? That's petty. That's that's the hill they died on. That's 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 just pettiness? That's the the, the hill hill of pettiness? Yes, that's petty. 
Okay. That's petty, and frankly, that's bougie. But we hear a, <laughs> we, we hear a lot of that in the church now, though, right? Well, just because we hear a lot of it doesn't mean it's right. Yeah. So, but if you think about it, at some point or another, we have to figure out what hill are we willing to die on to say, I can't fellowship with you. Yeah. Such as major, major, major doctrinal issues. Honestly, if, if there was, and, and even then, if there's a major doctrinal issue to begin with, I'm not going to break away just yet. I'm going to talk with my elders and my leaders to see where they're coming from, where they got that idea, and why they flow in such, in such of a philosophy as that. Yeah. And if I find that we can't find common ground on that, okay, well then we, we clearly aren't out for the same thing. Yeah. Which actually does go to later in the, I hope I'm not jumping ahead. No, 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 no. Listen, later in the this chapter. is your podcast. Nice. I love, um, I do a lot in Ephesians 4 and 5 just because mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, a lot about unity. But he, um, Paul's writing and he's talking about unity and how it speak truth each one of you with your neighbor. He's like, we're all members of one another. And he's talking about truth and that kind of, it seems like from like 17 on in that chapter, mm-hmm. he's kind of focusing on, hey, our unity is more centered around the truth of who is Jesus. Yes. Yeah. And I think ultimately, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, if we can agree on uh, <laughs> who Jesus is, you know, we should be able to have some unity together just over that truth. We should. But even then, we, we even see a breakdown in thinking there. And again, let, let me harken back to something I said earlier in the podcast. We, 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 attempt, excuse me, we attempt to approach everything from a narcissistic point of view. And if you think about it, if you, if you, if you approach it with a narcissistic point of view, then all of a sudden you're going to find yourself really viewing Jesus as nothing but just a candy machine. Put in my three quarters, turn it, I've got what I want. Come back when I need something else. But... Can you really say we agree on the truth of Jesus if you're not treating him like he is God? Well, I would agree with you on that, but I'm I'm speaking to to the issues yeah. that are that are that are moving massively through our movements today. Yeah. Hmm. So my question is, how do we view Jesus then? How should we view Jesus then? And living in the skeptical society we're in, prove to me why I should think of him that way. And what would you say to that? I don't know. <laughs> Listen, you're the smart person. I'm the designated question asker. The question asker. <laughs> first and foremost, title. first and foremost, I would, I would point them to the patterns in Christ. Yeah. Not one time did he really make it about himself, unless you go to John. He has the seven I am statements. But even then, even then, that was actually speaking to a greater cause. Yeah. If you think about it. The majority of what Christ was doing, what was he doing? He was pointing people to his father. Yeah. He, he never made the life about himself. The only thing that he said he was here to do was to preach the good news and set the captives free. And anytime, anytime he references himself, yes, yes, he builds himself up to the point that he is God, but at the same time, he doesn't leave it standing. He points him directly to the father. Do you remember a few times in scripture, he says, I don't say this of my own authority. Then whose authority was he saying it on? It wasn't about him. It was about his father. And in fact, if you think about it, in John 17, our high priestly prayer, whenever he's in the garden, he's talking to the father. And the only thing he says, he says, Father, I have done what you have asked me to do. I have I have kept these in the faith, and I've lost not one saved son of perdition. And we know who that was. And he says, notice, but every time he's pointed them directly back to the father, and so I would, I would approach it like this. If Jesus lived a life that was selfless, 
in everything he done, why couldn't we do the exact same thing? And then that would at least open the conversation to really viewing Jesus as he is. That's a, that's a big question. Yeah. Man, and I think to get back to some of what I really wanted to Go ahead. <laughs> touch on, I like Sorry, a lot guys. of it does come to, hey, no, no, that's good stuff. I love anytime we have an excuse to go to Ephesians, I want mm-hmm. to go to Ephesians, man. But uh, I think a lot of um, our questions, you know, we are answered like, you know, what we're talking about there with Jesus, that was, I'd say is an example of biblical theology. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime we have questions of concern God, you know, theology is a study of who God is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And um, I think a lot of that, what's interesting to me, we have a lot of systematic theology that's, some of it's good, some mm-hmm. of it's kind of haywire, a lot of biblical <laughs> theology that's, you know, sometimes it seems like it's easy people just take it out of context and it's like, is that really theology or is that just rambling? And then yes. we have some, you know, exegetical theology, which is just, Basically the same thing. Exegetical? Okay. But how do, how do you say it? It doesn't matter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh Exegetical. I'm kidding. Exegetical. It doesn't matter. It gets it there. That's almost like you say eschatology or eschatology, however some people say it. Oh, man. Eschatological or eschatological, it doesn't matter. Listen, I read a lot. I don't listen to people a lot. I have super ADHD. Really? It's, it's a rare case. It's it's clinically super. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't really do. It's like I have the hardest time listening, which is funny. It's like I'm hosting a podcast. I'm like, listen, if it's not written, I have such a hard time. And my, I was actually, I had this conversation with my girlfriend recently because she's like, why do you mark in all of your books? Do you go back and read it? And I'm like, listen, no. The thing is, if I'm not actively doing something, <laughs> I'll forget that I'm reading, and it'll just like go them. go through my. I actually have one. I I, I've it. got I've got the single Gospel of John that I'm taking with me through through oh, school. That's good. Point. It's so fun. It's good. Oh, anyway, yes. But uh, all three of those major theologies are still backed by historical theology. Mm-hmm. You can go back and say, hey, how did these people who were wiser than us, went through different times, how, how did they see the scripture? And it kind of informs yes. what we do today. And that's um, sort of what I have Greg Allison's book on historical theology, which is a really popular textbook for schools. It's one of them. But uh, in the intro, he's talking about the importance of historical theology. I just kind of want to read a section. I like reading sections of books on the podcast. That way, it's like an audio book in disguise. Eventually, you'll get the whole book. Oh, it's not. Okay, <laughs> but, yeah. but uh, he, he's talking about the importance of historical theology. He says historical theology helps exegetical theology by providing interpretive or exegetical theology by providing interpretive insights for the determination of the meaning of Jesus's affirmation that God's worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. Historical theology helps biblical theology by noting various approaches to the relationship between the worship of God in the tabernacle and the temple under the Old Covenant and the worship of God in the church under the New Covenant. Historical theology helps systematic theology by offering different formulations of the theology of worship and how the church of the past actually engaged in services of worship. Yes. That should have said, you know, it's say actually. I thought it said actively and I misread, but I read correctly. I just misread earlier today. That's okay. It's interesting. But uh, yeah, so I think that's good stuff just how historical theology kind of helps us today. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that turning to historical theology or church history, because that's what I know you from, does that help today with church <laughs> unity, being able to say, hey, this is what our father said, this informs where we stand today, and are we able to find some truth that we can unite from there? Yes and no. Okay. Um, let me let me take it a little bit further, because you even find that that same approach was used in the Gospels, you know, whenever the Pharisees and the Sadducees 
came to Jesus, well, did, did not our fathers in the wilderness do this? Yeah. And Jesus turned right around and said, yeah, they sure did. And every one of them died. So, but <laughs> at, at some point or another, the, and I love historical theology, but I always approach the historical theological point of view as this is a lesson to be learned from, not something to pattern after. Okay. Okay. Because history moves forward. We, we move forward in it. We, we don't look back to it. So th- that's always the danger of But can we look to history and learn something from it as far as unity is concerned? Absolutely. Because you know the old adage, those who fail to learn the lesson the first time history has given them, they'll be doomed to repeat it a second time. Yeah. But again, and forgive me for sounding pessimistic, but at some point or another, it's a matter of getting our listeners to do just that. Listen. So I'm the problem. I didn't say you were the problem. <laughs> oh, that, is, that is a very healthy narcissistic approach to it I'm the problem <laughs> is that is there such a thing as a healthy narcissistic approach there is now <laughs> there we go um, but I can tell you this as far as as far as historical theology is concerned we can learn a ton from it as long as we keep it in its proper in its proper place and proper perspective yeah. now I can't help but quote C.S. Lewis I do oh, it yeah. in almost every casual conversation I have okay and any non-casual conversations I have. But yeah, he, my favorite quote from him, actually, he talks about, he says, gratitude is in the past, love is in the present, but fear, avarice, lust, and ambition is in the future. Okay. So as far as historical theology is concerned, I think we have a lot of gratitude for what we can learn from them. Mm-hmm, we can. And I think it's Tolkien who says, you stand on the shoulders of giants. I think he was also the one who said, you shall not pass. But no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's also good. Yes, I know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so I think... We turn to the theology, we're grateful for it, but then we look forward, as you were saying. What's what's that look like, looking forward together in unity? Looking, looking forward together in unity, I'll be honest with you, um, We the church needs to have some hard conversations. And if we're going to move forward in unity, we need to be willing to sit down and have some hard conversations. And hard conversations, let me just go ahead and ask. Let's, say, let's, just, yes. let's list some. Uh, first of all, we need to, the church, and when I say church, you know, for the listeners, you, you may have... church? Well, here's the thing. Whenever I say the church for the listeners, you may have a different understanding of what I mean by church. I'm talking about uh, in my personal context, and you can use it in your own personal context. The church needs to be willing to sit down and look at some major doctrinal discrepancies. We need to be, we need to be willing to sit down and ask the hard questions that are on the horizon for Christian ethics. For instance... Um, the use of CBD oils and, and marijuana in, um, in really clinical cases. You know, I'm not saying that I'm not here, here to talk about that. I'm just saying that we need to be willing to sit down and at least voice these. We're not talking about it today, but we are saying that it needs to be talked it about. It needs to be talked about. Okay. These are milestones that we have to come together and we have to either say yay or nay or give some discrepancy on it and so that we can move forward in unity with where we need now, to go. Is it possible with stuff like that? For some of the churches say say and some say nay, and I still move together in unity and just understand, hey, we might not agree on this all the time. I think it's possible. I, I really do think it's possible. Uh, again, you have to be willing to ask yourself, am I willing to die on that hill? Yeah. And, and do, does it really, really diminish what we're trying to do, which, of course, is to make Christ known? Yeah. I feel like, just me personally, I feel like we take a lot of battles that turn people away from Jesus that aren't necessary battles. Right, and that's yeah. That's 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 a good truth. So, 
for you today, you're an associate pastor at the Church of God. Yes, Sherall um, Church of God. Where's is, where's is that at? Sherall, South Carolina. Sherall, South Carolina. Does anybody know where that's at? Uh, I'll tell you this: it was actually so beautiful that I believe it was General Sherman said, "I will not burn this place." Interesting. There we yes. go. That's some good history too. He said, "He said I will not burn this place." He actually commandeered one of the homes and lived there for I think maybe a few weeks. The oldest and last, uh, not the oldest, but the last um, Episcopal church before, you know, well, Anglican church was actually established on the colonial shores, was established in Sherall, South Carolina. Old St. David's Episcopal church today. Absolutely nice. beautiful. It would it saw many wars, the Revolutionary and the Civil. You can actually see the bloodstains in the... Uh, so we got to visit yeah. you for some history lessons. Come there, too. on, come on. It is there beautiful. There we go. Beautiful. There we go. So, associate pastor, church yes. of God. I don't remember the city already. Man, sure. I, I, I can listen to this and then I'll remember it. Yes. <laughs> there Here, let me help you out this way. A lot of the old timers call it Shiraw. Shiraw. Okay. I can remember Shiraw. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the finishing brain. up your bachelor's with pastoral studies. Yes. Something. Yes, yes, yes. And then after that, you said something about doing your master's in clinical mental health and counseling. There we go. So, why? Because there's a lot of crazy people. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm one of them. No. Uh, truth be told, we have um, we've done a great job of. Well, I'd say we've done a great job. We've attempted to do a great job of taking care of our spirit. We've done a semi okay job today taking care of our bodies. But if you think about it, what have we done about our metacognition? And that that's a word that was pieced together with fear and trembling. It literally <laughs> means what are we doing about the way we think. You know, Which, so, and at some point or another, we have to take that into consideration that our mind needs to be taken care of just as much as everything else does. And that's kind of our catchphrase on the our parent website for the podcast, I guess you'd say. The teamsall.net is uh, help for the body, mind, and soul. And it is, it's hard to find people who mm-hmm. really take the time to study the mind and how it works. So, appreciate you being willing to go in that direction. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so, um, how can, if anyone's listening and they want to follow Wayne Parker's ministries or support you in any way, how, how could they do that? Uh, by prayer, first and foremost. That's, that's a good one. Yeah, I love prayer. I could use it too. Prayer is an excellent thing. Honestly, if you want to support me in my ministry, just, again, just pray. Pray that God will open the doors that need to be open, close the ones that need to be closed, and honestly, just ask that he'll put the right people in the right places for the right time. Man, that's good. And... What I like to ask everybody is kind of your time for final comments. Is um, if we're looking to the future, what, what can we see for the future of church unity, the future of the church trying to move together? Where, where can we see and hope for this to go? That's a really good question. It's a really hard question. I feel like. Well, I don't really think it's a hard question. I think it's, truth be told, I don't think anybody really knows the answer to that right now. Simply because the church is in the middle of what I feel is feel is an identity crisis. Yeah, um, we're we're trying to make up our mind if if we are who we say we are, or who are we in reference to what God says we are. And truth be told, as far as moving forward in unity, I don't believe we're going to be able to do that just yet until we we've, we've come to a resolution as to who we are. Isn't it as simple as our identity in Christ? It is. But in the day and age, again, let me go back to something I said earlier in the podcast. How are we approaching Christ? Yeah. That's narcissistically. And the the issue with narcissistic worship, 
or narcissistic worship. That's not real worship. <laughs> well, it, it, it is worship. The Bible would call it idolatry. Mm. Sorry, guys, I just got real deep on you. <laughs> um, call everybody sin now. Are you going oh, no, no, to no, no, an altar call at the end of the podcast? Um, <laughs> if you repeat this prayer after... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, which is heresy by itself. But that's another time for another day. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> you were talking about the future. Gotcha. Yeah, our ship, yeah. The, well, the issue with it is, is that, you know, sooner or later, we, we come to the point where we realize we build our kingdom instead of God's kingdom. And that suffers a breakdown from the infrastructure out. So, uh, final note, because I meant to ask this earlier. Yes. I feel like this is a good final final question, too. Could you give us a practical example of what it looks like to diligently pursue, to preserve unity, diligently preserve unity? Was that how it was phrased? Uh, let's, I don't let's know. Go, let's I've do ESV. I got the ESV. It <laughs> says, um, how you, it says endeavoring. Endeavoring. That's all. I mean, that's a... Oh, that that's was, a, that, sorry, that was King James I was quoting. Endeavoring it says, four um, syllables. That's, that's too much. Eager to maintain. So, that's good. So as far as what that looks like today, or a personal example, there was um, there was a lady in one of the churches that I pastored. Actually, the only church I pastored. <laughs> Love her to death. She's a good friend of mine today. We had some differences, and and rightly so. You know, and at that time in my life, I was unhealthy in my mind and my body all the way around. So my approach yeah. to it was not exactly uh, Christ-like, and and I realize that now. Completely, yeah. Um, it, it was. It had to do simply with how a, where a picture was going to be hung on in in the church. Well, yeah. And I was. And and again, I'm speaking with full transparency that I was in the wrong on this. Um, I wanted to <coughs> hung one place. She wanted to hung another. And I said, "Well, I'm the pastor, and we're going to do it this way." Mm. And I realized I hurt her. And at some point or another. You know, it, it was, I would say the Holy Spirit revealed it to me and the way I went about it was absolutely wrong because I was pushing my agenda without realizing that this is my sheep and that at some point or another, you know, do, should we care what people think and we feel? Not all the time, but to a degree we should. Yeah. And come to find out, you know, I, I had been so domineering in where I wanted a stupid picture to be hung in the church that I completely forgot that there was more people involved other than myself. So as far as unity was concerned, a personal example, and please guys, learn from my mistake, is that hill really worth dying on? It's just a picture. It doesn't make, I'm going to use an old term, it doesn't make a hill of beans as far as what Christ is concerned. So again, ask yourself these questions. Is it really worth dying on? Is it really worth losing a brother or a sister in? I tell you, Josh, I had an older pastor tell me one time, he said, when you have to go and confront your brother or your sister, when you have to go and have those hard conversations with them, and sometimes you need these to be able to move forward in unity. Yeah. He said, make sure by the end of it, you still have a brother and you still have a sister. And I think, and I, I'm trying to wrap this up, but I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, see, that's good. And I just keep wanting to go. I love talking. But uh, I think one thing gets almost lost in church lingo we just throw brother and sister around. Church and knees. Yeah. We just kind of throw the word around though. Like, oh, yeah, my brother and my sister, you know. And it's like, you know, I, I remember someone, I straight up had an argument with someone about this before because I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's my sister. Yeah, but it's not your real sister. No, no, it is. Because, like, I will, I will stay on my ground on that. I'm like, oh, listen, no, you got to understand. I know it sounds ridiculous, 
But what happened when Jesus' mother and his siblings were really looking, like actual mother and siblings were looking for him. And he's like, who is my mother and my siblings except for these here? Mm. And it's like, man, Jesus took it that serious. So why don't we take it that serious? Yes. And just remember, you know, just like real siblings, you'll qualm. <laughs> you're going to fight. You're going to fight. You're going to squabble. But by the end of the day, you don't let anybody else do what you just did to your siblings. No, that's your right and your right only. Oh, yeah. That's that's a good one to end on. Yes. Yeah. You ever let someone else mess with your brother or sister? They're still your Never. brother. They're still your sister. And that, my friend, is how we can live together in unity. There we go. It's good having you, with me. brother Wayne Parker. Brother Josh is so good to be here today. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast. Your host Joshua speaking. If you like the podcast, make sure you comment below or share it with a friend. And if you have a story or know anyone with a good story just about church unity or something inspirational for the whole church, be sure to email us at thezowteam at gmail.com. Again, that's thezowteam, V-Z-A-O team at gmail.com. And be sure to visit the website at teamzow.net. Oh, one more thing. I forgot to mention this in the podcast, but before we go, I want to let everybody know Francis Chan will be in the last episode of the season of this podcast, season one. He just uh, isn't aware of it yet. I want to make sure we say that every single podcast. So. Thanks for listening.